Now Pastor Rick will begin the week two of our summer sermon series, Life Apps. How many of you downloaded a Bible app last week or this past week? You did. Did some of you, some of you did it during service while we were talking about uh, while we were talking about the apps? Because uh, I, I, I saw you. I saw some of you over there. There was some right over here, and they were you were plugging away. I hope that's what you're doing. You weren't texting somebody in the middle of pastor sermon. Um, but uh, you know, like we said last week, you know, if uh, if you got all these apps at your disposal, I mean, most of them are free. I have, I have never paid for an app yet. I, I've got all kinds of apps on my phone, but I've not paid for it. Most of them are free. But if you're not going to use the apps, you might as well use one of those bricks from back in the you know, early 90s. You know, some of y'all have one of those or used to have one. You're not still using it, are you, Justin? No, you, no, you're not. I saw you, man. You got a smartphone. Uh, but, you know, if, you, if you're not going to use the stuff, you don't need a smartphone, do you? You need to take advantage. You know, let me take you to one little phrase of Scripture. We're going to have a word of prayer in a moment. But in 1 uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, little phrase here uh, that Paul tells Timothy. He says, do not neglect the gift that is in you. Okay, you got all this stuff here. You know, don't just overlook it. Use it. Man, it helps you. I mean, this is awesome. This morning, man, I was having a hard time. I, one of my scriptures I gave to Mike was the wrong scripture. Thankfully, we checked it before we got, before we got into the service, but it was right before service this morning, the early service. And I said, man, I got something wrong. I, I wrote down something wrong there, and we were looking at it and checking it, and I, could, I was flipping through the Bible, and I couldn't find, find it. You know how I found it? I, I went and got my phone, you know, and I, I opened up the Bible app, and I searched for it, and, you know, and I had transposed, you know, kind of, he said I had dyslexia, you know, the transpose, and instead of Luke 11 and 12, it was Luke 12 and 11, and, you know, and, you know where I I found it so quick here. You know, take advantage of the stuff that's free, the stuff that is right there in the same way. Life apps. Don't neglect the gift that God has given to us. All these life apps that he's given to us to help us through our lives. And listen, I know some of you, last week we talked about the gift of faith, and some of you really had the opportunity to try out the gift of faith for the first time last week. And I, I really hope that you did something with it. You know, a lot of people, they're wimps. And, you know, the first little thing happens, you know, uh, hits them in the face. And they lose everything that God had given them. They lose all the faith that they've been building up and strengthening. But don't be a wimp. Don't be a sissy. You know, when you, when you get that challenge to your faith, what's that supposed That's supposed to be an opportunity for you to exercise your faith, build your faith, strengthen your faith. You should be a stronger, more faithful Christian today, full of more of the faith of God than you were last week, especially if you had problems, especially if you had troubles. You should be stronger today in your faith than you were before the problem or the trouble hit you. Uh, it, that's, that's the way it's going to work. That's the way it's supposed to work. That's the way it, it should have happened in your life this week. And so if you do that in the same way, we're going to talk about another app that we need. Let's have a word of prayer uh, and get into this. Uh, and this morning's app is, is uh, I actually was going to do two. And, uh, you know, when, uh, I was telling Mike and David this for service. You know, the, the earlier you prepare your material, the longer it is. Because the earlier you prepare it, the more and more you work on it. And so, you know, I had to cut out. I'm only going to do one this morning. There's just no, and I even had to skip stuff in the early service. There's so much stuff I want to tell you about this life app. Something that you need, you needed this week. You definitely need to use this coming week. Let's pray. Father, I love you and thank you, God, for the gift of faith that enables us, Lord. To, God, even, even when we can't see that you're going to do something, even, even when we don't have the, uh, the healing that we need, or even when we don't have the, uh, the answer to our question, our doubt, or even our, our, our 
financial need in our life. God, the faith that enables us to stand strong and believe you, God, and hang on and know that it's still going to happen. Lord, and I pray, God, I pray you stir somebody in this house, Lord, to begin really, as Jamie just led us in the song a few moments ago, to chase after you, God, to, to really dig into who you are, God, and learn more about you, God, so that, so that God, we can truly have these life apps, God, just working so hard and strong in our life. I pray, God, for the power of your Holy Spirit to just begin opening our lives to receiving the power, these things that we need operational in our life every day in Jesus' name. And everybody that agree with that prayer said, amen. Okay, so let me take you to that chapter. I'm going to read through that whole chapter. Mike, I got through it this morning, didn't I, Mike? He, he, he asked me, was I going to do the whole chapter because he knew. And I said, I'm going, to, I'm going to do everything I can to resist the urge to stop and preach all along the way. because. But I just got to show you something because this, this verse that we had a moment ago, that little phrase of it, don't neglect the gift. What's the context where Paul is telling, you know, sometimes we need to get that, okay? So I want you to see the context. It's when Paul is saying, now, Timothy, you've got a gift that was given to you. Don't neglect it. I want you to see the context of it. Here it is. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Latter times, talking about our time right here, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So some of these lies are things they make up intentionally, and some of these are lies that they just, uh, they're just confused, you know, uh, and said, so forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So these are some of the things that they were already facing then. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. And so now here as a minister, you know, I'm, I'm, I say, okay, I mean, he's talking to me right now. But also... All of us, you know, he's talking to all of us that need to be sharing our faith with others. Verse 7, but, re but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. For bodily exercise, remember we said that word just a moment ago, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor, we suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And so this is the context now of all this stuff that is going to be happening in the last days and the lies and the hypocrisies and the doubts and the questions. And, you know, some of these, some of these doubts and questions and lies, it's, some of it's not intentionally, you know, given as a lie out of that person maybe that is speaking it, but they're confused and their doubt has, has, uh, has bred something new in them. And all this, uh, a lot of this new revelation and new truth that is out there about, well, this is really what the Word of God is telling you. It is in this context that Paul then says, verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you. You need a gift to help you with all this, is what he's saying. This gift was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. 
Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. And so it's in this context that he says, don't neglect the gift. And if I'm going to do all of that, if in these last days we're going to have that kind of, all the lies and the hypocrisies and, and people looking for new truth and, you know, and those kinds of things, so I'm going to have all this. And then I've still got to, as, as a minister of God, I've still got to speak the truth. I've still got to lead people away from the fables and I've got to re- reject all those things and let, no, let's get back down to the truth. If I'm going to be able, I'm, I need some help with this. You know, I need something besides what I've got to lead people in this day and time. I mean, you know, I am, per, I am perplexed myself when I, I listen to all the people that are speaking and preaching. I follow several guys, you know, their, their, uh, you know, their Twitter accounts. I, I follow their tweets. I follow several, I listen to several preachers. I don't listen to a lot of preachers, but I listen to this one and that one, and I read a whole lot of stuff. But I get perplexed sometimes. I think, man, where are you coming up with this stuff? And if I am going to help people in this last day uh, get through all of these things and, and find out what is real and what, you know what, i got to have more help than I have just inside of me. I need a gift. And so that gift I want to talk to you about today, and I don't know if this necessarily was the gift that God was speaking to, or that Paul was speaking to Timothy about in 1 Timothy chapter 4 there, but the gift I want to talk to you about today, this life app for this week that I want to talk to you about is the word of knowledge. A word of knowledge. Okay, now how many, y'all know what knowledge is? Y'all have any of it? Anybody got any knowledge? We know what knowledge is, right? But let me give you a little bit of a definition anyway, okay? We kind of know what it is. It is acquaintance with facts, truths, or principles. However you gain it, it is an acquaintance with facts, truths, or principles. You can gain knowledge in a whole lot of ways, right? Now, this is this life app, uh, as we're calling it, you know, really one of the gifts, this life app is the word of knowledge. Now, this, the, the word of knowledge, if we think about what word means, word means an utterance, a message, or an ability to speak knowledge. So if we put those two definitions together, the word of knowledge then is an utterance, a message, or an ability to speak truths, facts, or principles. And that's what we need in our life. As a minister, I need this in my life. As a, as a Christian who is supposed to be leading others closer to Christ, you need this in your life. As a dad, you definitely need this in your life. As a mom, you need this in your life. Some of you ladies, the men you have to live with, you need this in your life. Say amen, ladies, you know. You need this in your life. You need this, this uh, utterance. Sometimes you need an utterance. Sometimes you need a message from God. Some, and sometimes you need to be able to speak and to share that with somebody else. Now, I want, to, I want to dig in this just a little bit deeper, and then I want to go to the Old Testament for a, a picture, example of, of, of how this actually kind of plays out in our life, or how it played out in one and, and related to us. But dig into this just a little bit deeper. As we said last week, we're talking about faith. There's a, there, there's a measure of faith that God has given to every man. That's what Scripture said. We read that last week. And everybody's got to have that so they can become a Christian. You've got to have that measure of faith to enable you to accept the fact of who Jesus is. But the, the life app that we were talking about last week, the gift of faith, is deeper than that, is more than that, and is not something that everybody just gets. 
It's something that you can receive from God. It's still free. It's one of those free apps. It's not anything you have to pay for. But it is a gift of the Spirit that is given to us. And this gift of faith is something that is so much more. And it is, it is like a, a supernatural ability or uh, unction for a specific moment in time to have a faith well up in you to look beyond the obvious, to perceive and believe what God's will is and to stand or to act or to do whatever it is you're supposed to do. That's what the gift of faith is. And it's more, it's more distinct for a moment or a time or a circumstance or, or situation in your life. And it's the same way with the word of knowledge. Because first of all, when we think of knowledge, we think of, you know, and, and, and like Jesus was talking about in John 16 and 13, where he said the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, that when Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you, and he is the spirit of truth. And when he gets here, he is going to guide you into all truth. And so, you know, as you're, you're digging through your Bible and you're reading your Bible every day, everybody reads it every day, right? Don't raise your hand. We'll embarrass some people. Okay, right? But we read our Bible every day like we're supposed to, and the Holy Spirit is, is explaining. Just like I've been explaining some of these scriptures to you, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you every single day. He wants to explain to you the truths of the Word. And so as you're digging through the Scripture, John 16, 13, he said, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is going to help you with that. He's going to be speaking to you and helping you understand. And you're going to be amassing more and more knowledge every time you read Scripture. Now, some of you say, you read Scripture and say, ain't nothing happening. I don't get anything out of this. Well, it's because you got your ear. Open your ears and let the Holy Spirit speak to you as you're reading that Scripture. Or as you're driving down the road, you got your Bible app, you know, and, you, and you've got it turned on and it's speaking to reading it to you audibly. You know, and you Then open your ears and don't just hear those words, but let the Holy Spirit pour it into you and you will be amassing more and more and more knowledge. But that's not what the gift of knowledge is. That's an awesome thing to have the word, of, the word of God as a knowledge that is fully ingrained in yourself and who you are. But that's not what the gift of the Spirit, the gift of knowledge is. Here it is. This life act we're talking about is in Luke chapter 12, verse 11, the one that I transposed right there. Luke 12, 11 says this. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how and what you should answer or what you should say. Don't worry about it. Uh, what's the rest of that, Mike? Do, do we have the rest of that? We don't have it. Uh, uh, but, don't worry about what you will say because the spirit of truth will guide you in that very hour. Okay, here's what he's saying. What he's saying is you're going to have some temptation you know, or you're going to have some persecution, he's telling the disciples. Now, you and I, we have a little bit of persecution, right? I mean, people snicker a little bit when you say you're a Christian, right? A few people. But we don't have persecution like these guys. I mean, these guys, they were, they were hauled before the magistrates. And so, God, and so Christ is talking to them about this. Yet you and I need to understand this for ourselves as well because we do deal with things, just not, not really to this level do we deal with the persecution like they dealt with. And so what he said was when you get drawn before the magistrates and people are challenging you and accusing you of things, you don't even have to think about what you're going to say because the spirit of truth is going to give you the word. It's going to tell you how or what you should say. The spirit, the spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. It will tell that very hour, that moment. You know, it's not something that you're going to gather and gather and gather, and then all of a sudden you're going to have all this stuff that you can speak. But the Holy Spirit will teach you that moment what you need to say. That is the life app that I'm talking about today. That's the gift of the word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit wants to give you that, that can operate in specific instances. Like somewhere this week when you, you need to know something from God. I mean, you're struggling with a problem, or, and you just got to have some kind of direction. God, help me know what to do here. That's what this is all about. And I, I, I got to tell you that, you know, when, whenever I'm preparing a message, 
You know, if I'm preparing one of those that steps on your toes, you know, it says, you ain't doing this, you ain't doing that, you ain't doing that other thing. You know what's happening all week when I'm getting that message ready for Sunday? God is stepping all over my toes, getting me ready to step on yours. So don't ever think that, you know, I'm coming here just to step on yours. I've got mine stepped over all week long as I'm studying. And, you know, if I preach you a a two-hour sermon like I've got today, just kidding. But if I preach you a 40-minute sermon, 30-minute sermon, you know, I've spent hours on it this past week. And you know what? That's hours that if he's stepping on your toes for 30 minutes, he's been on mine for hours this week. Okay, so I, I don't want you to get offended when that happens. But you know what happens? when I get into a series like this and we're talking about the life apps and the gifts that God wants to put into our lives and how he wants to help us. Man, for the last couple of weeks, you know, talking about faith and getting ready, getting ready for that sermon on faith last week, God has, been, God has just been sharing and just pouring into me more and more faith and the ability to believe. And, you know, and I say that hesitantly because I know, what the, I know what the devil wants to do with that. The other devil wants to really attack me this week and, and, you know, and prove to me, you don't, you don't have faith. You just think you do. I, I, say that, I say that humbly. You know, I'm not saying that in the challenging way and say, I've got more, I, don't, I definitely don't want to say I've got more faith than anybody in this room. You know, I don't say, I don't say, I say that humbly. I say that humbly that God has opened up in the same way, getting ready for this message. Man, God, it's like he's just getting ready for this message, just spending time and just asking God and focusing on this. You see, here it is. We make it so hard to have the ability to understand the things that God wants to do in our lives. And it's just simply really just focusing on it and focusing on it and studying it and digging into it and praying about it. God has been, God has been speaking to me more openly in the past two weeks than he's been speaking to me probably in months, I guess. And you know why? It's because I'm spending that time with that. And you know what that makes me want to do? Yeah, you know what it makes me want? It doesn't make me want to come and give you a word. You know what it makes me want to do? It's like, you know, I'm a spiritual father here. You know, it's like you're my family. You know, and it's, I, I, I see, you know I'm kind of your spiritual father. You know what it makes me want to do? What every other father wants to do. It makes me want my children to have what I've been having. It wants me to, to see my children enjoy what I've been enjoying. And so I want you to have this. I want you to be here, begin hearing the, the voice of God. And I know the cynics say, oh, you can't really hear the voice of God. You know who says that? People who don't hear the voice of God. That's who says that. God wants you to hear. He wants to speak to you every day. And actually, I believe that God is speaking to you every day. The question isn't whether God is speaking. The question is, yeah, that's the question. Am I listening? You know, because I think, you know, here's the problem. Is God, from, in most of our lives, God can't get a word in edgewise. Now, I'm not talking about the few people in my family who talk so much that it's hard for you to get a word in edgewise. I'm talking about you. You know... You know, when I listen to God more than, I hardly ever listen to the radio going down the road. You know why? That's my alone time. God speaks to me more driving down the road than any other time in my, you know why? Because when I'm doing 70, there's nobody running alongside me with a window roll down, you know, where they can yell at me and talk to me. I am in total control driving down the road, you know. 60, 70 miles an hour, I'm in control. Nobody can interrupt me. I can turn the radio off. You know, but for a lot of us, God can't get a word in between Rush and Feinbaum. For a lot of us, God can't get a word, even in our, in our worship CDs. I mean, worship's good, and worship music is good. If you've got a, you know, if you've got, you know, if you've got a CD changer that, you know, in your car, and it's just rolling CDs over and over, and all you're doing is listening to CDs and singing, hey, that's good for a while, but every once in a while, turn it off and just say, God, now speak to me and tell me something. I mean, and this, these days, my goodness, with, uh, look at this. I, I don't know if you can see my little green light's flashing. Now I'm in church. Who's texting me in the middle of church? 
I mean, for real, serious. Think about it. My green light is flashing. I mean, who is going to text a pastor on a Sunday morning before noon, right? And who's going to text me before 1230, right? Don't say that. You were thinking it. Don't say that, right? Some of you getting nervous because it's only a quarter till. <laughs> but I mean, think of where does God get a word in edgewise in our life? Because we're constantly tweeting and texting and emailing and calling and phoning, you know, or we're driving down the road listening to our favorite music or whatever. And what we need to do is, we need to just turn it off. I mean, the reason God can't talk to us is we don't give him any time to, we're running here and there. Everything is fast. Everything's quick. It's so funny. I mean, I heard somebody say it again this week. Let's do this real quick. I mean, we're saying that even in church. Let's pray real quick. I heard somebody say that this week. I, I, I remember who it was now. I, I said that in early service, but I remember who it was now. <laughs> I won't call their name. But they said, Let's pr- we're going to pray real quick. Why? Because <laughs> we're too busy. We've got too many things going on. We've got too many things to do. We've got to run out of, the, you know, we gotta run out of church. We've got to run home. We've got to run here. We've got to run there. God doesn't have time to talk to us. No wonder we're not hearing God's voice. And God has so much to share with us. So much. And see, most of you are thinking, I don't need God talking to me all the time. There's so, you know, you don't understand. God doesn't need to talk to you for his benefit. You need God to talk to you for your benefit. Let me draw you the picture because it's right here in 2 Kings chapter 6. I mean, it's just, uh, to me, just an awesome story. And it starts right here. It starts in verse 8, okay? It says, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such place. Okay, first of all, Right here, I want you to know this. You don't know everything. Turn to the person next to you and say, you don't know everything. I know you wives really enjoyed saying that to the person sitting next to you, didn't you? You don't know everything. How many, how many, who here knows everything? I just wanted to see if I'd catch anybody asleep. You weren't paying attention. And I don't point at anyone else. <laughs> Nobody knows that. You don't know everything. There is stuff happening right now in other parts of the world that's going to impact you next week. You don't know it. There's stuff that happened last night in somebody's mind laying in bed thinking, and it's going to impact you next week. And you don't know it. There's stuff happening right now. You don't know, you don't know everything. But you know what? <laughs> Think about it. Anybody ever said, mm, I wish I'd known that yesterday? You ever said that about something? You know, now in the early service, it was all the ladies that were shaking their heads, so I thought they're, they're thinking about sales. I wish I'd known that sale was on, but I saw a lot of men shaking their head. I don't know what, what, what was it? Maybe Justin's thinking, I wish I'd known that iPhone was going to go on sale yesterday. I, I would have bought that. And say, but have you ever said that? I wish I'd have known that yesterday. Can I tell you something? God did. You know, whatever it is you needed to know yesterday, God knew. Wouldn't it have been amazing if you'd opened your ears yesterday? When you needed to know that. And probably most of the times you said that, it was something trivial that didn't really matter that much. But on those occasions when it really does matter, wouldn't it have been obvious if the day before you had slowed down long enough, turned off Rush Limbaugh, set aside your CDs, and just said, God, speak to me. I need something today. God knows things you don't know things you need to know. And here's the problem is, you don't know you need to know them normally until it's too late. I mean, that's the problem, right? By the time you know to ask the question, it's normally too late. 
I mean, you know, like, and I had that happen to me not too long ago. I needed, I needed some tires. I needed a couple of tires for a car. You know what? And Walmart had them on sale last week. You know, I'm sitting there, and I got a, got a tire. I didn't see that it was wearing on the inside. It's got to replace it. Same thing on the back. My goodness, got a problem right here. I got to have two tires, and the ones that match, you know, are an arm and a leg. You know what? They had them on sale for just an arm and a half a leg a week ago. And I wanted to say, I wish I had known that. I wish I had known that. You know, now, I know cynics will say, well, well, if God knows that tire's wearing like that, why didn't he tell you that? Now, listen, I don't think God's that concerned about that kind of stuff. You know, like, you know, I mean, God knows what the lottery numbers are for this week, right? He could give you that if he wanted to, but God's not so concerned about that. But you know what he is concerned about? He is concerned about your life. He is concerned about the things that are going on in your life. And instead of giving you a free ride by letting you win a lottery, he wants to help you put together a good life. But he can't help you until you slow down enough to listen and see what he has to say. Okay, the king now, the king of Assyria, is planning a war against Israel, and he said, okay, let's set our camp up here. And so the man of God, we're talking about Elisha here, the prophet. You'll see his name in a little later. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, you better beware, don't go down to this place over here because the Syrians are coming down there. Okay, you know what God knows? Let me tell you something. God knows what your enemy is planning against you. He knows your enemy's plans. And you know what? You think about this. The king of, of Israel did not even know that the king of Syria was... This whole story starts in verse 8. There, there are seven other verses there, but nothing else is going on. This whole story starts in verse 8. You revert the first seven verses of this chapter. It doesn't say anything about a war with, with Israel and Syria. It's about an entirely separate story that is going on. But now all of a sudden, there is a war. And you know what? The king of Israel doesn't even know that Syria wants to make war, have a battle with him. And so God said, God knows what your enemy's plans are, and God even knows who your enemies are that you don't know. Have you ever had an enemy show up you didn't even know was an enemy? You ever had an enemy show up, you didn't even know they knew you were alive and they'd been plotting against you? And you said, where in the world did this come from? Guess what? God saw it coming last week. If you'd have had time to listen a little bit, maybe God could have prepared you. And here's the here's cool thing. is nowhere in this story, and we'll read this entire story today and, and in the next sermon because I'm just going to have to cut it up and get the next life out. We'll read that. But it, nowhere in this story does God tell the king of Israel, and here's how you're going to get your revenge. No, you know what God just does? God just says, stay away from this. God says, stay away from here. God says, don't go over here and get involved in this battle. All God does is keep giving him guidance and direction for that day, for that moment, for that time to make sure he doesn't walk in the wrong place and get himself and all of his men killed, to have his army destroyed, to have, his, to have his, his home overrun and overtaken, to have his children taken away as slaves. Think about it. Can, you, can somebody help me and just go ahead and add two and two together and I don't have to preach all these little details to you? I mean, this is what God was telling him. It was providing for all of this. It wasn't telling him how to fight and how to win. It was telling him how to just protect himself. Sometimes I don't need to know how to fight. I just need to know what to stay away from. You know, I, I wouldn't need to fight as many temptations if I'd stay away from more temptations. Oh, amen or oh me. Somebody better help me. I heard preachers say Friday night, is anybody in this place going to help me preach? 
Come on, is anybody going to help me with that? I, mean, I would not have to fight as many temptations if I'd listen to God and stay away from more temptations. I wouldn't have as many fights and battles and struggles and doubts and questions if I would just listen to God a day or two early before the question, the doubt, the problem, the struggle, the battle showed up. Okay, let me ask this question. How many of you, the last few weeks or months, you've had trouble in your life? Go ahead, raise your hand. Come on, come on. I, Anybody had trouble in that? Do you even tell you what the, wisdom, what the knowledge of God will do to trouble? Look at verse 10 and 11. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the, to the place of which the man of God had told him, and he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. So the king of Israel sends word down to his army. and says, look, y'all stay away from here. Be careful. Don't go over there. And they did it not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? You know what God's knowledge will do to your trouble? God's knowledge will trouble your trouble. <laughs> Look at what it's doing. It turned it right back on its head. The trouble that the king of Syria wanted to put on the king of Israel was just put right back. Who couldn't sleep at night? Hey, the king of Israel could sleep at night because he had a man of God that was speaking the word of God to him. But the king of Syria, now all of a sudden he can't sleep at night. He is troubled at night. He is worried about this because you know what is happening? It's, it's not just the fact that the king of Israel is getting away from him. He's now beginning to question the end of that verse. Remember what it said? He's now beginning to question, wait a minute, I've got a backstabber right here in the tent with me. I've got somebody that's one of my close confidants that is that's whispering. They're, te they're, telling some, they're telling stuff. Everything that we're thinking about and we're planning, we're doing all of a sudden now, it's the troubler that is in trouble. That's what God's knowledge, well, you need to start listening and hearing God's knowledge in your life because what he'll do is it'll turn the trouble around and send it back where it came from. Ooh, that's good. I'd, I'd, I, I want God to start troubling my trouble. Well, next time you have trouble, maybe you just need to stop for a minute and say, God, let me hear, you, let me hear your word. Tell me something, God, so we can send this trouble back from wherever it came. Sending the trouble back. Uh, the next verse says, this is, this, is, this is the answer that they gave him. They said, uh, none, my Lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells, listen to this, this is, this is cool. He tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. What you're talking to your wife about at night before you go to sleep, Elisha's telling Israel. Now, th this was before those little bitty hidden microphones. But Elisha had another way of knowing. He knew because he was listening to God. I want to make this as simple and life-related as I can right here with this statement. I want, I want you to, some of you need a job or you need a better job or you just need a different job, something. Some of you don't even care if you get a little bit less money. You just got to have something. You, know, you just got to have some relief. I, I want to make this as life-related and as simple as I can right here. God knows who is hiring next week. You can read the want ads in the Birmingham News or AL.com from last week, but God is reading them next week. God knows who laid awake at night talking to their spouse about resigning to this Monday, turning in a two-week notice. He knows where there is an opening coming up in your field in the next week or two. And cynics, I, I know you cynics, you're going to say, well, I just don't know that God would. Well, maybe God won't tell you what the company is. Maybe he'll just tell you 
what time to get up, what suit to put on, or what you need to do and how to fix your resume and where it is you need to be reading in a, on AL.com in the one ads. Maybe God will just have you at Starbucks at the right place, right time kind of a thing when a guy who's really struggling to find the right person for the right job, the right fit, and the right all of that, that the timing is all right and that you show up there and say, how in the world did this happen? Yeah, I tell you how that, that happens all, it happens all the time to God's children who are listening. But you know, if you're so busy you can't hear God, he can't give you insider information. He can't tell you. He can't tell you where you need to show up this afternoon. He can't, he can't guide you into the understanding of things that nobody else knows. You can be the person who knows that position's coming open before the boss even knows because God already knows. And I don't want this just to be about your jobs and about because some of you, you got, you got other things on your mind. You, some of you, you're a... Uh, you know, you got, you got struggles with your kids. You're worried about your kids. Can I tell you something? God knows what your kids are thinking about when they're laying awake at night in their bed. You worry, you know, you're worried about all this stuff that's going on. God knows what they're thinking about. And you know what? God knows what their, your friend's kids are thinking about and planning next week. God knows what opportunities your kids are going to have to disobey him and be rebellious. He knows what opportunities they're going to have to turn to sin. He knows what chances and opportunities they're going to have to, to, uh, to, to be involved in some kind of a illicit sin, drugs, alcohol, what kind of peer pressure is going to come against them this coming week. God knows that. He already sees it. By the time you know it, it's already a problem, but God already knows it today. By all means, Dad. We need dads who will slow down enough and say, God, I got to hear from heaven. And I got to know what it is that I need to do to have my kids ready for the week that they are facing. I don't have time to, I don't have time to draw all the parallels to this, but God knows everything that is going to happen in your life this week. And back to the first point, you don't. That's why you need to hear his voice. And so, come on, Jamie, let's wrap this up. Let's read this last. So he said, here's what the king of Assyria said. Go and see where he is that I may send and get him. Go find Elijah. I want him. They said he's down at Dothan. Verse 14. Therefore, the king of Assyria sent horses and chariots and a great army there. He was going after what? One man. And he sent an army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. So they surround the city. The next morning, there's an army surrounding the city. And when the servant of the man of God, when Elisha's servant got up early and went outside, boom, there's an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to Elisha, oh my, oh my goodness, oh, my, oh, oh no, what in the world are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? Has anybody ever said that lately? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What we, I, I, you know, I don't say that so much out loud, but I say it to God. <laughs> I don't know, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And that's what he says, what are we going to do? Elisha, what are we going to do? Well, the servant hadn't had time to hear from God. He'd been inside listening to Paul Feinbaum, see who's winning the recruiting war. Come on. 
Stick your toes back out there. Let me get on them. God's been telling me to turn off a whole lot more stuff here lately because he's got more to tell me. And I say, thank God. What are we going to do? What are we got? So here's what Elisha did. Next verse, he said, don't, don't fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are. Wait a minute. Elisha, what are you looking at? We're talking about an army and two men. Elisha, it's just me and you. And there's an army out, and there's more with us. Now, how, how, what is it that Elisha's knowing? Say, well, you're saying, oh, well, he knows those scriptures that says, well, uh, probably every one of those scriptures you're thinking about that Elisha knows. It's why, it's why he's got so much faith right now. Everyone, Elisha didn't have those. Probably everyone you're thinking about is in the New Testament. He didn't have those yet. Uh-uh, nope, no pleading the blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus had not been shed yet. We're in the Old Testament. Power of God's working in the Old Testament. Here's a man in the Old Testament. Holy Spirit has not been poured out yet. Pentecost hadn't happened yet. Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. And here's a man who is operating in the, in the knowledge of God that God is giving to him. He said, there are more with us than there are with him. And so you know what Elisha does? See, here, here, here's the problem right here. A lot of us think that the gift of knowledge is, and, and see, here's one of the problems we're getting into in this day and age. There's a lot of guys out there right now that are getting new knowledge and truth from God. There is no new truth. It is the, the gift of knowledge is not the creation of new truth. It is just the discovering of truth. Look at this verse. Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Guess what? The chariots of fire, the armies of God were all around Elisha before the young man opened his eyes. But he couldn't see them yet. The truth was, God was already there. Somebody say praise the Lord. The truth is, God is already there. What you need is you just need your eyes to be open so you can see what God is already about to do. We're not really talking about a miracle. I don't even need a miracle. Elisha don't even need a miracle now. The power of God's already there. We're praying for a miracle. We don't even need a lot of times we're praying for a miracle and we don't even need a miracle. All we need to do is just open our eyes and see what the truth already is. And the truth already is that God has already shown up with more power than the enemy has and can ever muster against us. And I don't need a miracle. I don't need a new truth. I just need my eyes open just to see what God is doing today. I just need my ears open to hear what his word is for today to God. And I just need that to be able to stand for this day. We just need our eyes open. And I want to pray that over to you today. God, open their eyes and let them see where you have surrounded them with a host of fiery chariots and horses of the hosts of the army of heaven. Stand with me if you will. And please, everybody, come to the front. Let's close here in the front if we can. Come on. I'm going to try to share this one little last thing with you if I can. I had to skip it the early service. share this one little thing. I want to go back to that first phrase of that little bit of 1 Timothy chapter 4. I want you to see this because here's how it's going to happen. You see, this past week when we prayed, we, we preached about faith and then we prayed for you to have the gift of faith, this life app. We prayed for you to have this, this gift of faith. You didn't walk out of here with all the faith you're going to need for the rest of your life. But as you began to 
come against situations this past week. You had the opportunity to say, okay, wait a minute now. Here's an opportunity for me to pray, God, for this moment, this circumstance, the, these, this purpose right here, right now, today. I want you to let the gift of faith just well up within me. Let me perceive what your will What is it you're doing here, God? How are you doing this thing? Let me look beyond the obvious and see what you're really going to do in this. Same thing for the gift of knowledge. You're not walking out of here with a big box of knowledge that you're going to be able to just pull from next week. But when you get to a place that you got troubled, you say, God, I need, I need to hear a word. When you get to a place when the doctor is shaking his head and say, don't look good, you need, you need to say, wait a minute, God. I've heard what the doctor said, but I need to hear what you say. When, when you got problems with your kids, you don't know what to do because you don't understand how they think. You say, God, I need, you, I need you to guide me. Oprah can't help me anymore. She, she, she stopped her show. God, I got to have some help today. And did you see that guy that she had on there about his book and all this? You know, and she's always promoting people's book. And then this other guy, she had, she had to do a follow-up story on because they found out he had lied. His book wasn't even. You see, that's the problem when you start leaning on the knowledge of this world. And the problems you've got, some of you, the problems you've got, you don't need that knowledge. You need wisdom or you need godly knowledge that is from this gift. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. I don't know exactly what gift Timothy had been given, but here's what you need to do. Don't neglect it. Dig it out. Chase after it. Seek it. Exercise it. Turn off the radio. Spend some time alone. Say, God, I want to hear your voice. Pray the little simple prayer that Elijah prayed. And say, God, you open that servant's eyes. God, open my eyes. And let me see what you're doing. Close your eyes. That's the first step to opening your eyes and seeing God. Close your eyes from all the distractions and the stuff. Turn off the radio. Get away. Shut shut the phone down. Walk away from it. Roll the windows up. Don't let anybody in. Turn off. Close it up. Close your eyes. Say, God, I want to start hearing your voice like I never have again. Jamie, go ahead. Jamie's going to lead us in a final song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. I'm going to go around. Prayer team, if you're comfortable, go around. I want just, just I might lay a hand on your hand. I might lay a hand on your shoulder. I just want to pray that God imparts to you an ability to hear Him like you've never had. We call it the gift of knowledge. Just one of these life apps. But I want, I want to pray that God opens your eyes and enables you to begin seeing Him and hearing Him like you never have because you need that this week. Your marriage, oh, come on somebody. Your marriage needs that this week. Your finances, your kids need you to have that this week. They're not going to make it if you keep walking around blindly and deaf and dumb and doing nothing. Your kids need you to have that this week. Oh, somebody right now say, God, open my eyes, open my ears.